focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call. And if you don't know what that is, I'm sure you will by the end of this podcast. So before we get into today's episode, we are going to be talking about food combining, but not in the sense that we typically talk about. We're going to be talking about uh, complete proteins, plant-based proteins, and what we need to know about these things just to make sure we're getting adequate protein with a plant-dominant lifestyle. So we'll get into that in just a second, but I did want to give a couple shout-outs to not only everyone who listens to the podcast, y'all know I love you, I'm here for you all the time, and it means the world. Um, Any message I get, I read and I love and I hold my phone close to my chest and I'm so pumped every time I any any DMs, any messages, any emails from strangers, friends, family, it it means the world. So, if you want to keep supporting the podcast, screenshot it, like it, share it, send it all over. I appreciate you guys so so much more than you will ever know. Anyways, after that, I want to send a quick shout out to Amelia Coggin of Amelia Loves Kale. We did a great podcast last week, a quick little one talking about body image, low impact workouts, a nine to five, um, switching from more of a CrossFit style workout to something more suitable for your body, something that feels better. We talked about like sports bras for big boobs. We talked about loving your curves. We talked about nutrition, all that good stuff. It was great. She's fantastic. We're going to be doing a live on her Instagram. So make sure you follow herself, herself. Make sure you follow her and myself. She is Amelia Loves Kale. That's her blog, her brand, her Instagram. And then me, obviously, at Eliza G underscore fitness and the Hotter Than Health podcast Instagram. So homework for you guys right now. We're going to be going live on gut health, on uh, proper food combining, and basically just my bread and butter we're going to be talking about on her Instagram. Um, she be killing it. She has a lot more followers than I do. So we're going to try and do it over there and get it to as much people, as many people as possible. We're going to do that six o'clock on Thursday. So make sure you guys are tuned into that. It'll be super fun. She's fantastic. Total girl, girl crush. Uh, another quick shout out to um, Rigwa. It's a company that I've been working with, R-I-G. WA and I've been prepping all of our food for the boat. We've been doing fruit bowls. We did a big ceviche bowl in there. It's basically like a big um it's basically a giant cooler type bowl. It's the size of like a big normal serving bowl. It's metal, it's aesthetically pleasing, it's beautiful, but it's air compressed so that the lid doesn't come off and also it keeps everything super hot or super cold. So you could put like a smoothie bowl in there and bring it to work. I know a lot of clients that I work with, they've purchased them because I'll give them meal plans and the meal plans will have either a salad that they want to keep cold or a smoothie bowl, something like that. So um, 
it's it's just the best and it's beautiful i have like a big silver one with a black cap i know they have a matte black one they're coming out with more colors but i've been working with them and they have just been insane so give them a follow their social media is great we did a photo shoot a few weeks ago and it was just such a good time so um big shout out to rigwa r-i-g-w-a make sure you follow them they're fantastic great family-owned business and i think they're about to blow up so let's get into today's podcast i have always gotten questions about protein, about people who are lifting weights, about people who are trying to lose weight, who want to switch to a more plant-dominant lifestyle, but maybe they want to be a little more knowledgeable on how to not just get their carbohydrates and their healthy fats, but they want to know what types of protein. Because yes, of course, with a plant-dominant lifestyle diet, you you can get plenty of protein, adequate and surpass that. So I think that one thing to go ahead and and just say right off the bat is that yes, you can get sufficient protein. I think it's important to know what your body needs. The average person probably who's moving or working out three to four times per week is not going to need the same amount as someone who's doing intense workouts five to six days per week with an extremely active lifestyle. So there are different ways of looking at this. You know, if you want to lose weight, uh, you know, the classic diet is going to be a high carb and protein diet, super minimal fat. Then there's also the keto diet that's all a little bit of protein, all fat basically, and like no carbs. So I, I think that a balanced approach is the most sustainable way to do it. And it's the least restrictive. It's the easiest to follow. And it's, I think it's just the most sustainable. I think that We're not going to get into keto and we're not going to get into low fat, but either way, we're going to get into some complete sources of protein. So when we hear people talking about, oh yeah, I had a protein shake or, or I added some hemp seeds or I added some uh, chia seeds, that's all amazing. Those are complete sources of protein. Um, What you want to be looking for when you are adding in protein sources that are plant-based. So a lot of people who are plant-based or plant dominant will look at things like beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, different types of like chickpea pastas and broccolis and peas. And those are all incredible sources of protein. They definitely are. However, they're not a complete source of protein. So a complete source of protein is 20 essential amino acids. Nine of those essential amino acids are not made within our body. The rest of them we can make on our own throughout different foods that we eat, light, water, all that good stuff. But we do need the other nine that our body can't naturally produce on their own. So the only way we can get them is through the foods that we eat, right? So if we're focusing on, um, if we're just focusing on the word protein content on a package, then you're missing out potentially on a lot of different benefits of all of those essential amino acids. And that's the way you're going to build muscle. That's the way that you're going to burn fat. That's the way that you're going to produce collagen in your skin for your hair and your nails, all that good stuff. It's, it's really just how your body needs to function properly. It's good for brain health, gut health. You need protein. You definitely do. So here are some examples of plant-based complete proteins, which is what we really need to be focusing on. Um, So here's a a quick list and here's, I'm going to give off a quick list and then a couple different things you can make with these things. So buckwheat, buckwheat is a complete 
protein with all the essential amino acids. You can make things like buckwheat pancakes. I've made buckwheat bread with chia in it before and that was amazing. So it's super high in protein, a little bit higher in fat just because of the chia seeds. So those are two options. Buckwheat, you can find it at any grocery store. Um, you can make buckwheat muffins. You can make buckwheat pasta. You can make a lot of different things. Go on Pinterest, search some search some different options. So we've got buckwheat. That's one. Quinoa is another one. Quinoa is an essential or it's got a complete protein. So all the essential amino profiles are in there. So you can make things. I love, I was just telling one of my friends, Madison yesterday, you can make a black bean quinoa mushroom ground up burger. So you're getting all those essential amino acids, but you're also getting healthy carbohydrates. You're getting some good vitamin D from the mushrooms, some fiber in there, and it gives it that meaty texture, meaty flavor. The quinoa is definitely one of my favorites. Sometimes I'll just do it. And, and honestly, quinoa has such a low flavor profile that you can really cook it with anything. I have a couple recipes for clients that are like a quinoa porridge. So it'll be like a chocolate cherry quinoa porridge. Super simple. You just add some cacao. It kind of adopts any flavor. Um, so you could do that. I like to do it with a little bit of salmon on the side sometimes. I know it's not proper food combined, but if you just do a big bean quinoa or no bean uh, just a big quinoa and you know bok choy broccoli carrot pepper type stir fry add in some coconut aminos you're great you're getting a ton of essential amino proteins and that's going to be your building block so that's how i really like to use quinoa you can prep it super easily it just you cook it until it's fluffy it's two parts water one part quinoa and it, you really can't go wrong with it it's, it's a great filler. You can put it in a sweet potato. If you don't really like quinoa, then I definitely recommend getting, um, getting a good recipe for a little burger that you can make with quinoa so that it gives it that nice, soft, but meaty texture. That's how I really like to use it. Uh, some other sources, of course, any type of fermented non-GMO organic uh, soy product. So things like tofu, things like edamame, things like um, maybe even a soy, <clears throat> a soy protein. I know that soy gets a huge, terrible rap because of the phytoestrogens in it. But again, if you're eating it with, you know, if you're eating it six times a day, every day for your entire life, there are probably going to be some side effects just based on soy overconsumption, but that would be the same with um, any type of, you know, if you were eating too many avocados, if you were eating too many different types of grains and legumes, like there's a lot of different opinions out there. My opinion is that I like soy and if you don't have an allergy to it, then the phytonutrients and the phytoestrogens that are in there are far more beneficial. So, you're getting those complete proteins. You, As long as it's like a fermented, nice, extra firm. I like to press out all the water that it's stored in just in case. I just put it between two plates and I smash it down, get all the water out. It again, adopts so many different flavors. You can make it sweet. I make it in a uh, tofu scramble. I do it with curry, with a little black pepper, with some uh, turmeric in there. I'll also make these awesome tacos. We'll get the flat cushy taco shells mix it with a little bit of taco seasoning. I know it's super high in sodium and it's not that great for you, but fuck it, things happen. So I'll saute some onions, some black beans, some peppers, mushrooms, and I'll chop those up really fine. And then I'll make a little ground, tur uh, ground tofu filling with some cumin and some extra little seasonings, taco seasoning. I'll put those in a wrap, bake them. They're fantastic. My roommate Liza showed them to me, of course. 
you guys have to go listen to the casita episode to talk about some of her recipes but either way so that's a really great way oh did i even finish my thought on soy hello i don't know either way so soy i think it's totally fine as long as it's as you're not allergic to it and you're getting a high quality i think that you always need to diversify your diet and if you're just having tofu as your main source of protein then you're missing out on so many other beneficial sources that's my opinion the phytoestrogens are far more uh the phytoestrogens are far more beneficial in so many ways and i know people say well it mimics estrogen in the body and it gives people man titties and that's just not the case it's just what's going to really mess you up is by having these super inflammatory foods by having all of your essential amino proteins coming from meats and cheese and eggs and that's going to cause more cardiovascular health it causes different blockages in your bloodstream it's been linked to colon cancers there's a million different reasons why it would just be more beneficial to switch more so to plant dominance but i understand that's not everyone's lifestyle i say make small substitutions so again Good recipes for tofu would be like a nice tofu scramble with some mixed veggies in there. You could even do some, um, I would definitely recommend squeezing out your tofu block, getting all the water out of it, and then, uh, what is the word? Oh my God. Marinating it with a little bit of maybe vinegar. You could do some soy sauce, some coconut aminos, some lime, just kind of let it marinate for a while and then sear it really nice. Put that over a salad. It's great. Um, if you're really not into it, I've actually put it in smoothies before. Again, it adopts any flavor. Highly recommend. So that's a really great way. Or you could just add in some nice uh, organic edamame to a salad. You could just have it as a snack. You could roast it. I love roasting edamame because it gets all nice and crispy. You can put it with any flavor. I'll do a little paprika, some chili. I haven't done it in a long time, but I've used to do it all the time. So those are some great ways. You can get them in the frozen section. You can get them fresh at Trader Joe's. However you want to do it, I like to get them already shelled because you just get more with it. Um, so that's an amazing source of protein. So, so far we have buckwheat, quinoa, and soy products. Another one is going to be chia seeds. Now, the thing about chia seeds is, and I tell everyone this, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I put chia seeds in my water all the time and I'll like sex it up with a little bit of mango or strawberry or lemon, however I want to do it. We'll go to the herb garden, get some mint out. We'll do some pineapple. It's a good time. We make the water sexy. So we'll, I'll put a probably a I don't know, a quarter tablespoon, just like a quick shake of the chia seed bag into the water. And again, that's just a nice way to rehydrate, to replenish. The chia seeds are already rehydrated. They create that little jelly casing around themselves. So they slide right down. They don't get stuck. Everything is already absorbed. Much easier for your body to absorb the nutrients. Um, and it's much easier for your body to break down. So chia seeds is also something that is going to have all your essential amino proteins. Uh, amino acids. So great source of protein. It is more calorically dense. It's a higher fat, higher fiber food, which is fine. It's just not something that you would want to eat an entire bowl of throughout the day. So I say it's a great accessory. It's good to put into salad dressings. It's great to put into guacamole, salsas, kind of anything that it can. It, they really don't have any flavor. You can't really taste them if you're eating it with other chewy foods. You can kind of add them into anything. I think water is the best way to do it. But again, if you are going to do chia seeds and if you are one of those people that struggles with drinking enough water, quick tip is to always make that chia gel that I reference all the time. So 
the chia gel is going to be just basically, I always say, a shot glass full of chia seeds and then three shot glasses full of water. You let it sit for five or ten minutes, mix it all up, and it becomes more of a gel. So you can scoop that into a smoothie, scoop it into oatmeal, scoop it into whatever you want to use it for, and it lasts like a week in an airtight container in the fridge. So use that. Otherwise, it will, if you're ingesting them while they're dry and you just like sprinkle them on top of a sandwich or on top of something and they're not pre-soaked, then what they'll do is when you swallow them, they go through and they start to absorb the water inside of you so that when you pass them, you're becoming more dehydrated. So when you're having your morning conference call, you want to make sure that if you see chia seeds in the bowl, then they're super dehydrated. They're not dehydrated. They are fully formed because they're really tiny. They're going to pass super, super easily. I highly recommend everyone has them in your, has them, has them in their pantry. I'm on my second cup of coffee and I'm living for it. And I'm also never say the words living for it. I hate myself, but I'm going to take a quick sip. Divine. All right. So, and I know I'm going to get questions about what my coffee is. So I do organic coffee because it's full of mold. Non-organic coffees are super full of mold and pesticides. I like to use shade raised organics. Um, Shout out shade raised organics. You can find them on Instagram. They're amazing. Family run business. They always write like a little thank you note. They're so appreciative and they're so on top of their shit. I use that, a little bit of So Delicious Coconut Creamer or just regular coconut cream, whatever I'm in the mood for and whatever's around in my house. And then this morning I did do a tiny bit of agave because I was feeling fucking bold. Um, And typically I won't really do any flavor unless the creamer that we have in the house is flavored and definitely a shit ton of cinnamon. That's just the way it goes, especially if you have high blood pressure. It's a great anti-inflammatory, definitely helps regulate your blood sugar levels. Uh, suck it. Coffee order, go. Um, another form of complete protein, I actually think that those are all the ones that I wanted to talk about that come in its own true form that are plant-based. But then a couple other things. So it is easy to, this is actually an amazing segue into my next um, topic. I just wanted to go through a couple of different types of paired foods that I just want you guys to be mindful of. And going back to the complete amino acid profiles and the complete proteins which we need if you don't have quinoa around if you don't have buckwheat around um some other really great snacks and they are a little bit more calorie dense they're a little bit um they're a little bit more carb and fat dense but they're a great pairing and I don't think you need them for every snack of the day, but if they're around, I highly recommend. It's a great meal substitute, um, great for on the go, great for kids who you're trying to transition but wanting to make sure that they had proper uh, proper food combined but also proper um, essential amino acids. So to get those complete proteins, and if you don't have those ingredients that we named in the beginning, you can do things like peanut butter and uh, whole wheat toast. If you put those two things together, it does create all of those building blocks and it does create a complete profile or complete protein. So you're going to have whole wheat, not like white wonder bread bullshit that gets stuck on the top of your mouth. You're going to have peanut butter on top of whole wheat toast, um, throw in a little bit of banana, a little extra fiber. That's always great. But again, super calorically dense. So just be mindful of that. I'm not saying go out and eat a million different toasts today just to get what you need. And then the next one is my favorite. It's uh, whole wheat pita and hummus. So if you put those two things together, those are also your complete proteins. 
Oh my God, cannot speak. So those are also how you can snack and get your complete amino acids. I like to do hummus, pita, and cucumber and a little bit of red onions. I fucks with that all the time. It's so good. A little everything but the bagel seasoning. Yum, 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 so good. And that's a great one for like guys who are like, oh, well, I can't be plant dominant. I can't be plant based because I just won't get, won't get my calories, babe. I'm trying to build. No, you can do that. These are calorically dense. They're fantastic for post-workout. They're great fuel get it in there. You'll get more fiber. You're going to have better conference calls in the morning after your coffee. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, it'll be great. And this is like a super fantastic guy and kid snack, right? So uh, the next bit of food pairing that I wanted to talk about, and this is where I hard transition, right? So we're going to move away from proteins and we're going to get into how to best absorb different types of nutrients that are really important for plant dominant lifestyles. So one thing that we hear all the time is how, um, is how, you know, kale is super healthy. Kale is a great source of iron. Leafy greens are an amazing source of iron, right? So when you are getting less, let's say red meat, um, you're getting less different animal proteins that have a lot of iron, especially for women who may struggle with anemia or you might have low iron. Um, instead of taking iron iron supplements, think about how we can best absorb the iron that is available to us. So we obviously hear all the time, hey, we want to add in leafy greens. We want to make sure that we're getting all these different nutrients that come with leafy greens, things like kale, things like Swiss chard, um, kale, Swiss chard, spinach, mixed greens bok choy, all these different types of things. So they have what we would call non-heme iron, which heme, like hemoglobin, means blood. So this is iron that you get without blood from an animal, basically. So animals will have what's called heme iron, and then non-animals, <laughs> non-animals, vegetables, and leafy greens will have non-heme iron, which is much better for cardiovascular health, inflammation. It has a million different benefits, all right? So yes, heme iron coming from animals is definitely easier to absorb in the body. It's definitely more bioavailable is what they call it. But the non-heme iron has much more benefits as far as inflammation and longevity. So in order to really reap the benefits of the non-heme iron that comes from those leafy greens that we wanna be adding in, whether it's in a saute, whether it's in a raw salad, uh, whether it's in a wrap, however you like to get your greens in, I really don't care. But you want to make sure that you are basically accessorizing the leafy greens with something that's going to help it get more absorbed into your body. It's basically just another escort to help everything go. Um, so when you're eating these leafy greens, make sure you're pairing it with a citrus like a lemon or an orange. I only say lemon primarily because I don't ever see people eating oranges with their dinners that often unless you're eating like Szechuan chicken and there's a small orange slice on the side just because it's spicy. Um, I typically don't see it so I would say kale and lemon are a huge superfood. They're fantastic. Um, there's a gut health doctor called the Gut Health MD. He just did a really great post that's super simple with, uh, with all of these different here, I'm going to pull it up with all of these different um, food pairs that are great together. So lemon and kale. The next one is going to be tomato and avocado. So tomato and avocado, obviously, they're two amazing fruits that we think are vegetables. Salty fruits is what I call them. So 
I'm going to read from his words. Tomatoes are rich in lycopene, which reduces cancer risks and cardiovascular diseases. And then fats, which is where the avocado comes into play, makes the lycopene, oh my God, lycopene more bioavailable. So basically, when you are eating uh, a tomato, you want to pair it with something that has its own sources of um, fats. So if you were to do a tomato, you could do it with avocado. You could do it with a little bit of avocado oil. You could do it with olive oil. You could do it with olives. You can do a little bit of, um, you can even add some chia seeds on there that are soaked because, and I'm not going to get into that. This side, ignore me. So when you're doing tomato, if you're doing like maybe a piece of tomato toast, add some avocado, but if you don't have avocado on hand, a little bit of raw olive oil. Don't use vegetable oil. Don't use canola oil. Stick with the good shit. You can do a little bit of chia seed on top. That would also be fantastic. And then another anti-inflammatory food pairing. And we hear it all the time like, oh my God, turmeric, the food of the 20th century. It's such a superfood. It's so amazing. And it is. It truly is. And don't get me wrong. Turmeric is amazing. I use it weekly. I think it's great. But one thing that people don't really understand or remember is that when it's paired without black pepper, it's also not as beneficial because it's not getting absorbed into the body as well. So if you really want to uh, use the active ingredient, which is called curcumin, that's in turmeric, you want to pair it with black pepper. So if you're doing a saute tonight and you want to add a little turmeric or you're making that tofu scramble, add it with some black pepper. So uh, what's going to happen is it's basically going to trigger the curcumin that's in there, which is a definitely, that's the anti-inflammatory part that we really, really need. So even just a tiny, tiny bit of black pepper, it doesn't have to be a whole bunch. I always make, um, not always, but like every other week or so, I'll make this tonic with a bunch of lemon, of a little bit of turmeric and then a pinch of black sea salt or a pinch of black pepper and that will be my little elixir for the night or for the day it's kind of a good little wellness trick that I love also it's great if you want to start adding in apple cider vinegar to your diet those things together fantastic source of anti-inflammatories so that black pepper is definitely going to increase the bioavailability of the turmeric and those are just a couple things that I wanted to touch on before we um, before we kind of wrap things up. But before we wrap things up, a little more information. As we all know, I don't want to do ads on the podcast. I've told you all that a hundred times. But as far as supporting the podcast, we're trying to grow it still. Um, and as much as I adore doing it, I definitely want, I wanted to get better. I want better sound equipment. I want to do a bunch of things um, to progress it. And I think that you guys tuning in to the different lives that we do, you guys sharing it with your friends and family, that's, it's more than I can ask for. So I also added in uh, what's called a Patreon account. So just to be super transparent, it's a financial way to monetize the podcast. So you get different perks with the Patreon account and with a bigger community comes the perks and comes um, the really the whole point of it. So it does take time to grow. So we've got a few people in it already and it makes me thrilled. I'm, I'm beyond thrilled. So if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and you just search Hotter Than Health Podcast, it gives you the different options of what you can contribute 
or what you can uh, receive if you do contribute. It's not just like a donation. It's not just like a GoFundMe. Um, I send out monthly newsletters that I'll actually be putting out today with different recipes, different proper food combined recipes, and different workouts that I'm going to be sending. So definitely make sure you guys are, if you're interested in that, it's an amazing way to support the podcast and I appreciate it so much. Also, we're going to be um, making sure that I post all of the links that you guys can use. So if you're buying blender bombs, anything on blender bombs, whether it's the bomb drizzle, whether it's the uh, granola, make sure you use the code ELIZAG15. That's super helpful. Um, But either way, so sharing, liking, subscribing, that's the most amazing way to support the podcast. It helps with SEO and I just appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you guys are following myself and Amelia Loves Kale on Instagram. It's at Eliza G underscore fitness. Check out the Patreon page. Like, share, subscribe, love. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I hope you all have woken up with amazing conference calls and everyone is staying safe and good in quarantine. Um, but I will talk to you guys next week and I look forward to it. credit card bill.